the reading can be found on page 565 in the Old Testament section of the Bibles. And it is taken from Psalm 103, beginning at the first verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Gospel reading, which can be found on page 68 in the New Testament section of the Bibles. And it is taken from Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ was revealed in flesh, proclaimed amongst the nations, and believed in throughout the world. Alleluia. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Just then, a, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbour as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So 
So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured out oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his animal, his own animal, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks for your Gospel this morning and for the opportunity of unity within the body of Christ. And so we lift you up, we praise your name. Amen. So as Mark mentioned, between the 18th of January and the 25th of January every year, the church is asked um, whether it would pray for unity. It's, It's an intriguing thing because the 18th and the 25th fall on different days of the week. Uh, each year. But the point is that it always includes a Sunday, and this is the Sunday this year that it includes, that across denominations, across churches, across um, the whole country, that we would be one body of Christ. Something that in theory is so easy to do, but it's wonderful to be able to commit, isn't it, to one church, to this church perhaps, to serve it, to devote to it, to see it flourish, and to see God at work in it. It's a wonderful thing, but God is bigger. God works in a wide plethora of ways in a diverse group of people. Have you ever met Christians that you really like, that you really get on with. Maybe you have similar hobbies, similar backgrounds, like similar things. Or have you ever had it, shouldn't say it, ones that you've struggled with. Ones for whatever reason you haven't clicked with. Maybe on a personal level. Maybe on a professional level. Maybe on a how-you-do-church level. Maybe you found them difficult to be around. Maybe you disagree with some of the things that they say or even believe. Today is about realizing God in the other. Seeing that they are equally made in God's image. Our readings today were actually the suggested readings uh, given by the churches together in England, so I thought I would go with them. They, They change each year, and they suggested Psalm 103 and the Gospel reading that we heard. So this first Psalm, Psalm 103, we hear so many things about who God is, what God does. And maybe it's obvious to mention it, but in the context of 
um, unity together, it's so important to remember that he offers them equally to all without partiality. It says he pours them out on all his children without partiality. It talks of healing, of forgiveness, of redemption, all the gifts of God. Not for the special ones, not for the ones who are most eloquent or the ones who give most. He bestows his gifts equally on all. Do we believe it this morning? It goes on saying, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He has mercy and he has grace for all, steadfast love on all. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That means as much for the church down the road as it does for us, as much for the church in the middle of the city as it does for the one out in the peaks. Who we are in Christ actually reflects more about who God is than who we are, manifested in the person of Jesus, more than anything that we could be or do. This is the crux of Christian unity, why we're called to work together, to love one another, because it's not about us. It's about the person of God that we meet in the person of Jesus. Not about who we like, and not about who we don't. It's about the person of God. At Alpha this week, we've recently started one. Uh, one of the participants asked about denominations, why we have them. And there was, you know, we talked about maybe there was historical reasons. But I'm going to say, I really like denominations. I like that there are many churches. Why? Because I don't think that I will reach everyone. I don't believe this church will manage to reach everyone in our community. And maybe another church in our area will reach someone that we don't manage to. And that is a really good thing. It's always important that churches are never in competition with one another. In a church that I served my curacy in, we had ten churches in our parish seven different denominations in that parish. And you could think, though, it would feel competitive. Ten churches in one small market town. But we uh, did the maths on it. Uh, And we were by far the biggest church. I think we had 350, 400 seats. And we worked out we would need to fill the church 47 times on a Sunday to fit everyone in. That was never going to happen. We were never going to reach everyone. We were never in competition. So I always praise God for people who had different focuses, for churches who reached out and met the needs of people that we either weren't or couldn't. In our gospel passage from Luke, We have this command from Jesus to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and our neighbour as ourself. And the guy Jesus was talking to was trying to get out of it. He says, but who's my neighbour? Trying to say, well, them, they, I don't mind that they can be classed my neighbour, but do I have to count them as my neighbour? 
And Jesus replies with the parable of the Good Samaritan, purposefully turning it on its head, purposefully um, making him question his assumptions. A parable about blessing someone in need. The Samaritan is the outsider, but acting in the godly way. And it was their actions that defined them, not their background. And this got me thinking because at the moment, it's really easy to say, I like this church because of what they say or think or do. But them, do you know what they do? Do you know them how they worship? I, I don't like it. Them, I don't think that's right. Surely we should do it more like how we do it here or how we used to do it or how I'd like we to do it. Do you get my drift? The Samaritans were the outsiders because they worshipped God in a different way. And another point, um, Jesus meets a Samaritan and they have a conversation about worship. There will be a time when we'll neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, but we will worship God truly. Worship was important. But in this moment, the Samaritan is being praised because he obviously got something of God. He goes out of his way, puts his money where his mouth is, and Jesus says, look at that. You can't fault this guy. This guy has worked out who his brother is, never even met them, is in need and has stretched out of arm of love to them. If we think of the church uh, uh, at large in this country, or even the Church of England, the Anglicans for a moment, we all have different opinions on all sorts of things. Some churches want to leave because of different opinions. Some want to stay, but they want others to leave because of their opinion. They're wrong, not me. But the week of Christian unity in my head and in my heart tries to stop that for just one moment to bring all of our thoughts into the one who calls us. We are defined by God, not by ourselves. Now I end up asking this question of myself. When I am in heaven and I'm worshipping the Lord, who am I going to be worshipping with? Am I going to be worshipping for all eternity with those people over there, like them or not, here and now. And if I come to that conclusion that yes, I probably will be worshipping with them for all eternity, maybe I should start now. Maybe I should put apart my differences from them. Maybe I shouldn't make them the big thing, but actually make God the big thing. Maybe I should start liking them a little bit. Maybe I should start blessing them now. And I'm not claiming there aren't going to be things that we won't disagree on. There are a whole host of things that we will. But in this week of Christian unity, I remember again that the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide us. And what are the things that we can do to prove this to ourselves. Firstly, we can pray for people. Pray for Christians who are different for us, from us. 
not that they would just turn from their wicked ways, but actually that the Lord would be with them. Because we want God to speak to us, we want God to be speaking to them. Pray for a change of heart in us when we can't see the God of love in someone who is different from us. Invite them to worship with you, whether it's here, or maybe you can go and worship with them where they worship, as a sign, a small sign of that worshipping together for all eternity. We might not like the songs. We might not like how they do their service. But try it. The Samaritan is praised for living out um, their faith, for putting their money where their mouth is. And so this week of Christian unity will we The God and the salvation that he offers us unites us far more than any of the issues that divide us. So who will will we be worshipping with in heaven? And why not now? Let's pray. Lord God, we give thanks for this opportunity in the week of prayer for Christian unity to remember the God who unites us, the grace and salvation that calls us all home. We say sorry for those moments when we haven't been united, when we haven't sought the blessing of the whole church. And we pray that we would see something of that greater vision of eternal worship for which you all call us to. We ask this in your mighty name. Amen.